Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory, Season 9, Episode 38. I'm Jack. And I'm ASD. And we've got some games to talk about, which got is some football. Totally exciting. Football! It felt like ages, isn't it, since we've been <laughs> able to talk about a game that, that's happened this century. Um, so I'm really looking forward to it. So let's go straight in and firstly talk about the Man United game, which finished one goal each. There was a lot of criticism after the game about how we set up, how we played, but I was I, I was quite happy with a draw. Like I thought we did pretty well. What were your thoughts? I mean, that all bets are off in the first game back. All bets are off. We have got no idea how to play after a layoff. We've got no idea how to play under Mourinho with a full squad selection. We're playing Man United, which is out there anyway. It all bets were off. What I loved uh, was that we showed some control. You know, in the second half, we had like 40% possession. I think less than that for most of it. But we kept them at arm's length. There was a stupid mistake for the penalty. But I think it was a really good, positive performance from Mourinho, which I'd be worried if that's how we looked every game. But we didn't because of West Ham. And we'll come on to talk about that. I felt quite a beat about it. We could have won. We could have lost. I I did. And I think when I saw the team sheet, I was nervous because I looked at the back and was just a little bit like, oh, that doesn't strike me with a huge amount of confidence and I can't see us being solid. But you know what? For most of that game, from purely talking from a defensive point of view, we were outstanding. You know, if you think yeah. about how many chances did they carve out, how many saves did Loris make? He made the fantastic one from Martial in the second half where he tipped it over. Brilliant bit of goalkeeping. And he saved one from distance in the first half from Fernandes, which for a goalkeeper in the Premier League, it's a relatively routine save. But other than that, they didn't really carve out too many chances. Um, I thought Serge Aurier, who I'm I'm very critical of most of the time because he's a bit of a, well, he's a very up and down fullback. He was brilliant. Rashford was not in the game whatsoever. He didn't get a kick. Um, and he forced him back. He pinned him back for most of the game. Um, it was a brilliant performance from him. The whole back four, to be honest, like Sanchez and Dyer. You know, I looked at that, and I'm not a massive fan of Sanchez. I think he, again, he's another player. It's just his consistency for me. I've seen him have brilliant games, and I've seen him have games where he's been terrible. And he strikes me as a centre back where there's always a mistake in him, and especially with, when he's got the ball at his feet. But I thought him and Dyer, they were rock, rock solid back there. Um, and Ben Davis, you know, we're both fans of Ben Davis anyway. You know what you're going to get from him. You're going to get a solid performance. He's not going to give too much away. So that, that back four really, really impressed me um, in terms of how we set up, how we controlled them. But there was a couple of times where Aurier was on the wrong side of the ball at fairly critical points. And Hugo gave the biggest bollocking I've ever yeah. seen him give everyone, which is fair for Aurier. Uh, I'm giving Aurier as much of a chance as I can. I've been wrong. I've been mostly wrong about Sissoko. I've been wrong about other players. Um, he still makes mistakes, but it's it's still weird to me that that unbalanced... Aurier, Mourinho is using him as a wing-back, yeah. whereas Davis is not allowed past the halfway line. Yeah. It's yeah. like he's being told. And so that's really weird for me. And you see it in both games where they are overloading on their right, our left-hand side. And that's really weird. But then... But as long as you've got someone who's coming back on the left and working, actually, it's not too bad. I think Lamella on the left would actually be really good. And that might be a a scenario that works for him. Dyer, 
Sanchez was fine. The the best thing about Sanchez was you didn't really you don't really remember his performance because it was just solid. He didn't he didn't it's exactly like you said, it was like he got back to basics, just did the right thing yeah. and just stopped everything. Dyer there was some maybe because I'm looking for it, he was just a bit cumbersome. But I think the partnership worked. Like they didn't neither game really had chances that you would expect that 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 were the fault of the defence. Ben Davis is great. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I was, I was really happy with it. That Kane was nowhere in the Man United game. But looking at the stats now, like we had ten shots to their twelve, but we had thirty nine percent possession. It's been a long time since we gave up that much possession, and it is we gave up. I don't think we re went for it. But Kane coming back from an injury, obviously got his goal now. I think there's games where that suit him. I think he's one of those strikers where there are. 70% of games suit him. There's some which don't. And I don't think sitting deep suits him. He doesn't have pace. And so it's going to be harder for him. I don't think he had to touch in the opposition box the whole game. Yeah. But, but we weren't in the opposition box the whole game. Yeah, I think there's a few points from me on that. I think, firstly, the, the point about the possession stat. Um, when you play Man United, it's better off if they've got more of the ball. They're a counter-attack side. You watch mm. them play. Rashford, Martial on the break, and and Dan James as well. That is so quick, and you just you can't be on the halfway line defending against that because it's one pass, especially when someone like Bruno Fernandes is in their midfield and they're in. So we yeah. sat deep, and and they didn't create anything purely because of that. If you take that out of Man United's game, you massively restrict them. It's, yeah. I'm not saying that it's going to stop them creating a few chances because they did create some, but if you think about the types of goals that Rashford and Martial score, most of the time it's through balls that they're running onto. Yeah, and yeah. We just did not allow them to do that whatsoever. Um, your point on on Dyer, I thought he had a decent game against United. We'll talk more about West Ham in a minute where I thought he was outstanding. It was clumsy defending for the penalty. Really, really clumsy. Um, there were a few faults in it. I mean, firstly, from his point of view, when Popper receives the ball, he's got his back to goal. He's going absolutely yeah. nowhere. It's just sort of like show him to the to the byline and problem solved. It's a brilliant bit of play from Pogba. And I yeah. think you do, you do sometimes have to credit good attacking play. And it's, defenders are always criticised when they're beaten. It's brilliant from Pogba. At the lovely bit of skill pace. He waits for the touch. And it is a touch because it's not enough to put him on the deck. But you, as a defender, as yeah. soon as they get the wrong side, you have to let them go. If you make any contact, it's going to get given as a penalty all day long. So yeah. it was clumsy. Winks didn't cover himself in a lot of glory for me. He should have been on the cover. But these are tiny, tiny little things, you know, um, that, w- that we're criticising here. And for me, it was a case of it wasn't great defending. It was a brilliant bit of attacking play from Pogba. Um, and on Kane, I thought he was I thought he was really poor against Man United, but I it's probably the first time ever watching Kane where I didn't expect anything because mm. he's been out for so long. And we've seen it a few times with Kane that it does take him a few games to get going. It always does, even when he's not injured. We're talking just about, you know, the start of the season. It takes him four or five games to get up to the speed and up to the pace of stuff. Mm. Um, so I wasn't massively surprised that he had a quiet game against United, but yeah. Overall, I was fairly happy with it. You know, I think if you'd have probably offered me a draw before the game, although it did feel like a game we needed to win, I probably would have had the draw because a defeat, we would have been gone. You know, absolutely no chance of catching them. A draw is not brilliant for us. It's a better result for them than it is us, but it still keeps us in with a sniff. And you never know, you know, the amount of games there are, it's easy to drop points at the minute. I'm confident. I'm confident. 
but just um, I'm just pleased that 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 for me, if you'd have watched that Tottenham Man United game, you could see that that is a team that Mourinho has been working with over the yeah, lockdown yeah, period, yeah. and you can you can see his stamp in his mark on it. And I know there are a lot of critics about this, his style of football, and I completely get that. Not everybody enjoys that type of football, and I still think that with this squad, we're at our best when we're on the front foot. Definitely. I think us sitting back all the time is not going to work. I thought it was the right thing to do against Man United, but we fe- we felt solid. Do you know what I mean? Like a lot yeah, of the yeah. time, watching Spurs over the last couple of years, we haven't felt solid at all. Um, it's always felt like a goal's coming for the other team at any moment, whereas I, I didn't really feel that against Man United. We've had, um, we've so had five good... clean sheets. Five. That's, but that's awful for the Isn't second best team in worst? Europe. Hmm? Is that the worst in the league? Isn't it joint with Brighton or Burnley? One of the Bs. Uh, there's two things I want to, before we finish United. One, um, Pogba is, is so good. I know Man United fans aren't a fan and people criticise him, especially that bully, Roy Keane. I don't think he should be on TV anymore. Amazing punditry. Amazing. Uh, I cannot stand the man. He's just a bully. That's it. If he was in our industry, well, he'd probably get promoted. But he, 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 he's he'd probably be a director, wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah. But um, I think Pogba's world class. I really. And when I, I world class means I think he could go in any team and improve it, be a starter in the middle of the pitch. Yeah. Um, Bergvine's goal, uh, unbelievable. He, We've he, we haven't had that. He looks a really, really good player. Bargain. Like a really, really. What I just love about him is it's his directness. He gets the ball and he's just thinking, I'm getting to the byline and I'm either going to have a shot before I get there or I'm going to cross it. Yeah. And it's like that, you know, that that is his game. And you look at his physique as well, and it's like he's built for the Premier League, isn't he? Like he's mm. he's not the tallest, but he's a strong boy. Strong. And you see when he's running, you know, defenders grabbing hold of him, he just he, he smashes them out of the way. There's, there's no problem at all. So I really, really like the look of him. I think that he almost looks like a bit of a combination of Son and Lucas Moura in terms yeah, of his style. Yeah. But he's yeah. got Son's directness, but he's also probably got Lucas Moura's unpredictability. But yes. I think that we've got I think we've got a good player there, to be honest. Yeah, it's good. I I'm a big, big, big fan. Uh, and the Harry Maguire just the the uh, it was obviously an awful thing. And Harry Maguire, the problem with Harry is that Harry, or my mate Harry, is that he um is the amount of money. If he'd been so, if they got him for twenty five mil in like the last year of his contract, which is what he's probably worth. He's not like when they paid whatever it was thirty six million for Rooney when Rooney was seventeen eighteen. That was a ridiculous amount of money, and people went nuts for it. But that was an investment that worked out. And Man United do this. They they go in and they get the player they want and they pay for it. And it ruins it the league for the rest of everyone else. And and it can ruin players. And I don't think Harry Maguire is worth 75 million. But the thing I wanted to say about that was, is Ledley King would not, that wouldn't have happened. He would have stopped that from happening halfway in, in the, in um, his half. Like he would have been in the right position not to, be able to be turned or not to have the gap. And that's the quality of Ledley King. It's not the Robin tackle. It's yeah. it's that's what Ledley would have and there's a lot of people who may not have actually seen Ledley play who listen to this, but Ledley is would have stopped that at source rather than reacting to the actual action in front of him. That's it with Ledley. If you say to any Spurs fans, you know, give me an example of Ledley King making a tackle that wasn't the Robin one, nobody mm. can name one. He didn't make tackles. He Clean just shorts. He, he intercepted the ball. Uh, I think his yellow card record is absolutely ridiculous for a centre back. 
like he, he barely got carded and it's because he was always one step ahead you know and mm. we talk about the great attacking players that there currently are in the world you think David Silva, De Bruyne, all of the guys that play at Barcelona, Ledley was a defensive version of that that he would yeah. read the game and he'd be steps ahead of what was going to happen and he was just he was a brilliant player to watch but your point on Maguire I think that a lot of players underestimate the jump between playing at a team like Hull and Leicester where you can sit back and be more defensive to all of a sudden going to United where you're going to be expected to dominate the ball and you're all of a sudden defending on the halfway line. And there's one yeah, yeah. One, one big attribute that Maguire hasn't got, which is pace. pace and up. when you're playing at a top side, if you're not a quick centre-back, we've seen it with Arsenal over the last few years. If you're a team that dominates possession and you're, you've got sluggish centre-halves, it's one ball over the top. Yeah. Um, and essentially, that was that was how we looked to create chances against them. When we did get the ball, we just looked to go down the side to the centre halves and have our wingers running onto it. So, yeah, yeah. yeah overall, look, good, good, take point, it, good. Point gained. I, I was happy with it. The Twitter yeah. meltdown I thought was incredible. Idiot. Um, but what can you do? Yeah. And then last night, West Ham. Oh, brilliant. Which you know, be, beating West Ham's always great fun. Two nil, a clean sheet. It's the first time we've beaten them at home for I think it was three or four games as well. So, you know, we needed to win it in terms of that. And we've done the double in something like eight or nine years as well against them. This was the big game because this is the one where we would lose points if we didn't get anything but a win. But we controlled that game. You know, they, there's, they've got players who can really hurt us, who have hurt us. There's... I think we benefited from not having a Spurs crowd there, if I'm being really honest, who made making it more than something was. What it was was a professional team who just squeezed the other team out. That was it. And Lo Celso was so good. Lo Celso is going to be one of the best players in the Premier League. He's he's like the best bits of the Moussa Dembele. He's the best bits of Jack Wilshere. He's the best bits of Modric. I honestly, I th- I think he could be one of the best players in the Premier League very soon. He's taken no time to adapt. It's just happened like that, and he's just drifting past people, winning fouls where needed be where he needs to, or just dominating players. I love the boy. I I love yeah, him. We need two I, of them. I think we've got a good player there. Um, a, a couple of points. I think you said about you know the the result and performance was just about us squeezing West Ham out, and again. For me, it was it's a, that is a typical kind of Mourinho result. Yeah. Where I didn't think we were that great in the first half an hour. And this is all with the ball. Um, I thought from a defensive point of view, again, we were pretty good. They created a couple of chances in the first half. But the second half, it was complete control. And I never felt at any point like we were going to lose that game. And that, to me, is the type of game that typically we let in a stupid goal and go one down and then you're chasing it and you might come back and draw. But I was so confident that we were going to get the goal. It felt to me like it was just a matter of time. Mm. Um, Sonny was, you know, just offside on his goal. Lucas Moura should have had one or two, especially that one right at the end of the first half. That was a sitter. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we created a few chances in the first half, but I thought we looked more dangerous as Kane grew into the game, which he did every minute that went yeah. past to be getting stronger he was dropping deep and picking the ball up and you know spraying those passes that he's absolutely brilliant at um as soon as that first goal went in which was scrappy and by the letter of the law maybe a little bit fortunate as soon as it was one nil it was for me never really in doubt i know they had that set piece where they hit the post but they didn't look like scoring at any point no not at all that's a goal from pressure 
and that, yeah. that's what this, you're, you're not going to get many one-on-one clear, when you're when you're at nil-nil. They're there to get a point, and they that's the sort of scrappy goal that then opens them up. It's it's it for me. It's the same as like an own goal where you somehow got some space behind them and you put the ball in between the the last defender and the keeper, and it, they they put it into their own net. It's that where you say it's lucky, it's an own goal. No, no, no. That's pressure. That's a, re- repeatedly hitting the stone again and again and again till it cracks. I love it. I'd and rather that than a thirty-yard smackaroonie. <laughs> and we've actually looked more d- dangerous from corners. And yeah, yeah. Sun's been on the corners, and there's none of this floating the ball up and letting. Pe- he's just he's levering it in there and <laughs> yeah. saying, "Someone deal someone with that." Do something, and, yeah. and, and from a defender's point of view. You know, if you're comparing Ericsson's corners where he, you know, would hit them in at the near post to Sun where he's firing them in, you know, you'd want to be defending the Ericsson ones all day long. So I'm really pleased that we've we've clearly been working on that. Um, but the centre half for me, Antonio, who is not he's not the best forward in the world, but he, he's one of them that you watch him and you think he's awkward. Like yeah, yeah. I don't you wouldn't want him at your team, would you? You wouldn't want him at your team because he's not got every attribute, but he will cause you problems yeah, due think, to the way West Ham play. I think as a centre-back, he's one of them that you wouldn't enjoy playing against him. Awful. Because he's, he's physical, he's running in behind all the time, he'll hold the ball up. He just is an awkward striker. Would um, you go for him? West, yeah. If West Ham go down? What, no, I don't think so. He's, no, that's that's not the type of player I think that, that we would need. He's a... It's it's a bit of a battering ram, really up front, isn't he? Like it just it goes up to him and he's up there on his own. And I think that we would need somebody that that can link the player a little bit better than that. But he's not a bad player. Um, but I thought Dyer and Sanchez dealt with him brilliantly. Brilliant. Um, yeah. And what for me the interesting thing watching Sanchez was he's quite an emotional centre back, Davinson Sanchez, and he can Americans, get mate. he can he can get caught up in the one on one duel and forget yeah. about what's going on in the game. And I've seen him I've seen him get done by mm. clever strikers that aren't particularly good. I'm talking like Ashley Barnes, you know, that kind of Glenn Murray, those kind of forwards always seem to cause Sanchez problems because they're clearly there's a bit of verbals going on and mm. Sanchez gets caught up in it's me v you, which is what the forward wants. But it was a robotic defensive performance from him, which I, I was really, really impressed with. Yeah. Dyer, brilliant, you know, just marshalling that back four. And you could see from the, all the set pieces we were defending, he was running it back there, which I absolutely loved seeing that. He was telling people, you're picking him up, you need to be there, this is what's going on. Um, so I was really, really impressed. Again, from a defensive point of view, brilliant. We'll get better going forward. You know, it was a case of we'd get into areas and we just couldn't find that final pass. Um, Lacelso definitely drew into the game, but I thought even the first half he was guilty in the final third of just giving it away and just not quite being yeah. sharp enough. But that's that's fine, you know. That's going to come with time. So really, really happy again. Um, the surprise was that Undembele didn't feature in either game. Um, I I thought that he would come on against West Ham. I was surprised when he didn't in the second half. There's a lot of reports, isn't there? Unconfirmed reports saying that he's had a fallout with Mourinho and has said that he doesn't want to play for him. I think that someone's told him for the first time in his life he needs to sort his act out, he needs to lose weight and he needs to be disciplined. And he's not doing that. Now, we've always said on here, Mourinho's tactics to get people on side is you go and target one person. It was, um, what's his face, the goalkeeper at Real Madrid 
was Casillas. It was Casillas, and he tore Casillas apart. Casillas broke down, and it, we had it at Chelsea. I can't remember who the, it was at Chelsea, but he always goes well, for one. You hmm? know, he went for Mata, didn't he? When he yeah, that's exactly it. He the had big... fallen out, fallen out with Zanetti into Milan. That's so it's it. like. It's not a shock. Destabilise. And actually, we don't need any destabilisation because we've been awful for so long. He's not taking over, even someone who's just trundling them nicely. He's taken over a, a poor performing team. But actually, one of our biggest ever transfer, get it, that might actually bring people on board. He's saying, look, Dyer, you haven't known where you've been playing or what you've been used for. But look, and Don Belly over there, he's meant to be our most valuable player. I'm not even concentrating on him. I'm spending time with you. You've got this role. This is how you're playing and we're going to get you on board. And it's so nice to have a team that go that we go, I kind of get the team selection. I get what everyone's role is. And we've got two big centre-backs and they're just going to knock everything back. We've got full-backs who've got a very specific job. We've got two rapid... We've got the two fastest players, apart from Mane and Salah, the two fastest wide players, best striker in the league. And behind them... We've got Lacelso or Delhi, or I think we still need to sort that out. But we've got some floating players who can create on the day. I love seeing that. And Don Belly doesn't fit into that system because he's undisciplined and he's unpredictable. And I, I, have got no problem not seeing him. I, if we could offload him, I, I don't see a problem in that. I, I would, the highlight. I'd love to see more highlight reels from him, and I'd love to see more of that pass he played into Sun for the second goal against City. But he plays ninety minutes, and he, he, he. he doesn't do as much as he should do. For me, the the problem that we've got with Undembele is the problem that United have had with Pogba over the last couple of seasons. It's like there's no question in the player's talent. And um, with Undembele, we've all seen glimpses of brilliance from him, glimpses. Mm. But you've got to be consistent, and especially in a side that's struggling, which we have been for the last. Well, since Undembele's come in, we've struggled. Mm. You know, from the start of the season, we've been a poor team. Um, you have to be consistent when you're in periods that are not great. And from what I've seen of Ndombele so far, there is a player in there that could be absolutely sensational. But the problem at the moment is it could be. And yeah, yeah. I, I think that Jose doesn't trust him at the moment to go in and do a job. There was obviously something with him and Poch because you know people forget this isn't this isn't just Jose coming in. He barely played under Poch. I know he had his injuries and there's a setting in period, but Lacelso hasn't had any problem with that. No. So I do think that there there's something going on there. Is it a football thing? Is it a personality thing? Is it a cultural thing where he's still got still adapting to the Premier League, the language and everything else that goes with moving countries? So it's a really difficult one. The other point is. At the moment, we have a fully fully fit fully fit squad, mm. and just there's not always a story behind somebody not playing. So I mean, if we've got three or four injuries and he doesn't play, then there's there's a real what's happening there. But you know, at the moment, I don't know if he gets in the team. If we're talking about just ability, you know, he, he the ability hey. he's got is underbelly. The the ability he's got is unquestionable in my opinion, but you've got to be able to apply it. And yeah, I think yeah. at the moment he's looking at that and he's going, I'm going to start Sissoko because I know exactly what type of performance I'm going to get from him. He's not going to do anything. Yeah, yeah. He's Gary Neville. Exactly. Exactly. And he's thinking, right, the, the p- person that's going to play alongside him, if it's Winks, I know what I'm going to get out of him. And I, I just think that, that from his point of view, he's thinking, if I play Dembele in there, he could win me the game, but he could lose me the game. Yeah, and exactly, exactly. I don't think he's the type of manager that 
Well, we know actually we know that he's not the tough manager that would would risk that. He's not somebody that would risk winning if he loses. Alistair Gold has come out and said, I just had to look now, and he said that Spurs have got no intention to sell him and Dombele. But at the moment, uh, Mourinho is seeing it as Ndombele versus Lo Celso to start with the defensive midfielder. And actually, the way the team squad is, is he's playing a 4-2-3-1, which actually wants to play a 4-3-3 with ideally Lo Celso and Ndombele aside a defensive midfielder. That sounds amazing. That sounds yeah. brilliant. Imagine yeah. those two going diagonally out from the middle, going forward, driving forward, breaking stuff up. I think that would be amazing. It, it would be. The issue there is that we don't have that defensive midfielder. And then he, he goes on to say buying a central defensive midfielder yeah. would allow that to happen. Yeah, because, you, you know, you, you can't... If, for me, in that formation you're talking about, you can't play Delhi in there because that's not his position at all. You, you can't play Winks as a defensive midfielder because he no. doesn't have that. Well, he would have to take Lo Celso's place, right? That, that's take, what he'd have to yeah. do. Or, or, you know, you could maybe play the three of them in certain games, but it's very, very attacking and you're not getting a lot defensively. No. I don't think you could play Sissoko in there nope. purely because he looks good in a two for me when he can yeah, just yeah. do that job of covering that right side and winning the ball back and, and keeping it simple. And all of a sudden, you know, you run out of players. You know, Dyer for me... I've always said this, he's a much better centre-back than he is centre-midfielder. I've always thought it, especially now, given the last couple of games. So, yeah, what you're saying there sounds absolutely brilliant. It's whether or not you can go and get that sitting player, defensive-minded, but can also play as well. Um, But it's good to have that kind of problem. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, if we're in the Europa League next year, the Europa League could be quite a good thing to get the runaround for that team, uh, for the for those players like Winks, who I'm a massive fan of Winks. I think ne- this is the season or next season, sorry, is the one where he has to step up from being the young player to now actually being just part of the senior squad and being one of the useful players. I think he can be. I think he needs to own the game a little bit. He needs to show the improvement that Kane saw season on season on season. I don't think he's improved that much this season or the seats from the season before. Um, but there's a big difference in between the Europa League and the Premier League because in the Europa League, you can play a second team. Lamella is brilliant in that. But in the Champions League, you have to play your absolute first team and then you've got the Premier League and then the Champions League. And it's super hard. Whereas the Europa yeah. League allows much more rotation. I agree. So, and I'd, I'd rather be in the Europa League than not have European football at all. Definitely. There's a lot of Spurs fans that hate the Europa League, but what you've got to think about is the revenue that it brings. It's another trophy you could win. And, you know, Jose won this trophy fairly recently with Man United. Um, and it's another route into the Champions League. You know, it's a and trophy. It's, it's, I mean, the revenue, you don't actually make money until you get to the final because the amount of money that they actually get and from transport and stuff, you actually don't make any money. But it's if we're not winning it, then we're not too good for it. Yeah. Right, it, 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 I don't get why they don't like it, and there's a bit of me that loves seeing all these weird teams. Like if I look at my little sheet, I can say I've been to Trend. I can say we, I haven't been sheriff. to. I definitely haven't been to see. <laughs> we've been to see Sheriff, but we've also seen Inter. We had an amazing game against Inter. That was it, three 0 with Siggy, Siggy Sigurdsson, yeah. uh, Vertonghen, and Bale scoring. Like we've had some great times in the Europa League, so I'm I'm all for it. Uh, and can I say, Larice is still brilliant. I think he's more consistent than De Gea. De Gea's got more mistakes in him. I just think people love him. De Gea's older than you think as well. He's 29. I'd, I'm still team Luis over team De Gea. And I know you're not, but I just want to I would, sit. I would have De Gea in a heartbeat over... What about... Um, oh. 
definitely. Um, he's he's a, look, he's made mistakes to have. You know, there's not a goalkeeper in history that hasn't made mistakes. But I just think what De Gea has shown, he's still absolutely a, a quality keeper. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, he make he, he makes the odd mistake. He should have saved the Bergwijn goal, but I thought the criticism that Roy King gave him was was uh, was amazed at it to be honest because De Gea has been one of the top keepers you know in Europe for the last four or five years and like you say he's 29-30 you know he's still got another six seven years or potentially even longer than that if you're looking at how old Buffon is and he's still playing so Loris has been good though since we've come back from the lockdown um he hasn't you know he hasn't made any any major errors he hasn't taken risks with the ball at his feet and that's well, always a big criticism uh... I don't. I, I You're don't know it. Class. I, no, I do know he's not world class. <laughs> That's brilliant. I think he's better than De Gea. But next, um, we've got Sheffield United next in the Premier League next Thursday. Now they're currently getting battered by Man United, aren't they? If oh, they have been battered. I'm, I've got the Liverpool three game three? on. Uh, yeah, it was three 0 I think. Yeah, it wasn't good. Now they're a team, Sheffield United, that before coronavirus and and the lockdown and everything that's come with it. That's a horrible fixture, Sheffield United. Yeah, you know, you just think of that and thinking even a draw is a brilliant result. But they've been absolutely dreadful the first couple of games back. Um, they'll be low on confidence. And all of a sudden, that game now, I'm going into that match with confidence. I'm Mate, thinking we, we can go there and beat them. We are not only going to beat them, I think we're going to beat comfortably. They they are, I mean, they're eighth at the moment. They're, they're only a point behind us. <laughs> you know, I, think, I think they're done now, though, because you think before the Premier League resumed, they 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 were in the running for the top four. Yeah, yeah. Top five. That you know they were well in there, but I think that they've just been really, really poor the first couple of games back. So I think that they're probably out of it. Um, but Chris Wilde is a great manager, and you'd expect them to bounce back at some point or at least have a reaction. But mm. I think we can go up there and beat them. And I said, I'm I'm com- I'm so confident going into that game. Whereas a few months ago, I'd have been thinking. There's going to be nothing other than a comfortable Sheffield United victory. But yeah. now we can go there. We're looking solid at the back. Our attacking players are going to get better the more minutes that they have. Yeah. I'm optimistic we'll go there and get three points. I really yeah, am. Yeah, me too. I, sorry, Trent Alexander, Trent Arnold has just stuck an unbelievable free kick in against Palace. And I think he's going to be one of the top five players in the world. I, I genuinely think he's just a world, world class talent. Brilliant. And um, never seen a player like him control the uh, control a game. I've never seen a fullback control a game. And I'll tell you what I've been thinking is the Premier League, not since nineteen ninety two, has never had the best player in the world. Hasn't helped that you know the last ten years they've both been playing in Spain, and that hasn't really changed. But before that, it was in Italy. Really, you know, they, uh, we've never had the best players in the world. I think we could in the in the coming in in the coming years. I think Liverpool is the best right back in the world. I, I can't see anyone better. And considering how young he is, I just, yeah. I think he, I think you take him apart and Liverpool fall apart way more than anyone else. I think that's, everyone else is replaceable. That's a potential Liverpool captain, like a, a, another Stevie Gerrard kind of thing, isn't it? Like local lads come through the ranks. Yeah, He'll yeah. The armband. He could, and you, you say how young he is, like he, what is he, like 20, 21? Maybe, that, that's he's little, disgusting. maybe he's a little bit older than that, but I mean, he's got at least another 10, 12 years, you know, at the highest level, injuries aside and all that. So it could be a real, real great of the Premier League, definitely. I, I, yeah, he's born in 1998. That is gross. He's 22. 21, 21, 22. 21, yeah. That's insane. 
Yeah, he's world class. World class, that boy. But they've they've equally. I don't want to talk too much about Liverpool. They've equally got as good a left back as Warren Robertson. You know, who yeah. who is one of those guys that I hate him, but he falls in the category of if he was at your team, you would love him. But because why, why do you hate him? Do you not think he's the most arrogant, cocky, like whiny player? He really, really bugged me watching him. Like he's the if he's the player at Liverpool where I'm like somebody needs to put a heavy challenge in on him. It really, Medusa. really winds me up. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, no, uh, I, I don't. Think, I think he's equally as good as Alexander Arnold, to be honest. I mean, I have a real soft spot for anyone from any Celtic nation. And as a Scot, I really don't mind him. If I look at this team, there are much bigger bell ends. I mean, immediately you go the front three and Henderson and Fabino, and all of them are worse than him. <laughs> Anyway, sorry. Uh, yeah, we'll win against Sheffield United, no problem. I, I think I think we will as well. Should we do a quick quiz? Well, can we do my team? Oh yeah, sorry. Do your teams first. That's right. So we we in the spirit of the the, the Spurs teams, we've done a Spurs team, but you're only allowed one player from each nationality. We're both meant to do it, but I'm, there's only one person committed to this podcast, but um, and that's <laughs> me. Uh, now, whenever we do these teams, I'm far more creative in my formation, and you basically have a formation that works and then sacrifice the players. I think that's yeah. fair to say. Basically, yeah. you have defenders, and I tend to go a little bit lax on defenders. What are you playing a three-one-six? Okay, I've, I've got a three-five-two. so uh tell you what i'm gonna do is i'll give you i've got subs as well i'll give you the country in and the position and you give me the player all right most of it's easy um or tell you what i'm gonna give you no uh france goalkeeper you'd have gone hugo well number one uh left or left mid left defensive uh of the three cameroon that Sebastian Basson? No, Asuicotto. Asuicotto. So you're playing Asuicotto as like almost a centre half. Yeah, left sided centre half. There's flaws in this team already, isn't there? <laughs> it's the, defensively, it's actually quite difficult. Uh, and then in the middle, I've gone a Colombian. Is that Sanchez? It is. Yeah. It is. And then on his right hand side, I've gone for a Belgium. Alderweireld. Yeah. It was going to be Toby, but I needed a right a player who could play a little bit more right. And then in the middle of the park, I've gone for... So I've actually got one, two, three, four old players, black and white players, 61 players. So one of those is my English player, Mr. Tottenham Hotspur, the captain's captain. Steve Perryman. Big Stevie Perryman. I've got a Croat in there, the greatest player I've ever seen live. Nico Crenshaw. Nico Crenshaw. He's the most beautiful player I've ever seen play for Spurs. Uh, obviously, Nico Modric. Nico Modric. Luke. <laughs> God, I'm tired. That would be uh, a player and a man, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. I've gone a Scott as my defensive midfielder from the 61 team. Mackay. Mackay. And then my wingers, I've got a little South Korean fella. Yeah, Sonny, definitely. And then a, he has to be in this type of team. A Welshman. Bale on the other side. No. Oh, Cliff Jones. Cliff Jones. If you look at his stats, unbelievable. What he's won with us, what he did for us, the flying Welshman. And then up f- behind, I guess, my striker, who's from Northern Ireland. My striker's from Northern Ireland. You've got up front... I'm going to... Danny Blanchflower. And then I've got Christian Eriksen behind him. And then on the bench, I've got Gomez from Brazil, Klinsmann from Germany, Van der Vaart from the Netherlands, 
Wanyama from Kenya, Siggy from Iceland, Adi from Togo. And I, I, I didn't have an Argentinian in there, so I've got Ardia on the bench. I couldn't fit him in. That's decent. I'm just like trying to jot down the type of side that I would have as I'm going through this and almost playing like a bit of a 4-4-1-1 formation. Yeah. So I, I would probably, I, I'd probably go with Loris in goal, as you did. Then my defence, I'd have Republic of Ireland at right back, Steve Carr. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all, all day long. Um, I'd have Germany at left back, Christian Zieger. Very, very underrated left back. Um, I mean, then my two centre-halves, I'd go Belgium, which would be Toby, and I'd go England, which would be, so Ledley. So that would be my back four. And just having a play around with the midfield, it would definitely, it'd definitely be Bale on one side and Sun on the other, definitely, yeah. with Modric in the middle. Then it's a case of finding another... another Mackay would be amazing in that team. Or Wanyama. One, potentially Wanyama. Sandro. Uh, definitely not Sandra. I want someone that can play football. Maybe it would be Wanyama if we're talking about, you know, if I can have him on that one season where he was excellent. And then my front two, I'd probably have Van der Vaart, obviously Holland playing behind Berbatov. Pace up front, loads so, of pace. I mean, there's not a lot of legs in the front two, but if you've got Bale and Sonny... Running yeah. each side of them. That so, I think that would be kind of the side that I would have. There's obviously no Kane in that team, which no. God, is difficult. But or, or put, you know what? I could even take Wanyama out and put in um, the Celso maybe. Oh yeah. You know that could be my Argentinian. It's a very very. I'd probably keep Wanyama just for the balance because you know I have to have a defensive midfielder in there. Yeah yeah. But Fair, good, we've good. had we've had good players though. If you think about nationalities, there's most nationalities where we can be like we've had that guy. He was a good player for us. I do most nationalities. <laughs> <laughs> oh right, racial. So <laughs> it's time to do a quiz now for anybody that's for anybody that's listening. Off. <laughs> so thank you if you're that one person that's still listening. Um, so I'm going to give you a game that Spurs have played in and half of the starting eleven, and then ASD, your job and everyone listening at home is to try to fill in the blanks. Now, when we do this game, I always do it so that it's a match of Spurs against the team that we're due to play next, which is, of course, Sheffield United. Now, we haven't played Sheffield United too much in recent years, so I've had to go back to 2006. Well, we played them earlier this season. That would make my life a lot easier. That wouldn't be too fun, would it, to listen to? <laughs> <laughs> and this game was in the Premier League, and it was Tottenham 2, Sheffield United 0. So, like I said, August 2006. So, we played 4-4-2 formation this day. Our goalkeeper was Paul Robinson. Our left back is a question mark, and one that I'd like you to work out. Lee young Pio. It's not him. He was actually playing at right back in this game. What? This is how bad we were. Oh, Lee Young-Pio was at right back. Then the centre-halves. The first one is Michael Dawson. And the second one is a question mark. Then right-hand side of midfield was Aaron Lennon. Central midfield is a question mark. Yeah. Other central midfielder was Jermaine Genus. Left side of midfield is a question mark. Okay. And then the front two, Robbie Keane. And then the other forward is a question mark. So right. I need from you, centre-back, okay. left-back, centre-mid, left-mid, striker. 
Okay, so what I'm trying to so this is my uni time. So I'm thinking I'm thinking the West Ham game. So we've got Timu Tainio maybe in there somewhere. Tainio is correct, central midfielder. Excellent. Yes. I'm thinking who else was there? Um, we had what's his face, the player who went on to play for QPR. He was really tricky, but never really made a bit fat. Tarax was there. I'm guessing he wasn't playing. Wasn't in this team, no. All right, up front, Berbatov. Berbatov, correct. This was actually Berbatov's debut. Was it? And he scored a tap-in, lovely yeah, bit of yeah, yeah. team, rolled it across the face of Garn Berbatov, tapped it Turned around and pointed at him, didn't he? That's it. That's it. Uh, so what am I missing? The left-back. This is left -back, really difficult. Centre-back and left-mid. Left-mid. Uh, Lennon wouldn't have been playing left-mid. Lennon was Bentley, Bentley wasn't there or wasn't playing that time. This, this, this is a guy who, um, when he signed for Spurs, was like an experienced player. He's won it all in the game. Absolutely magnificent player. We didn't quite have him at his peak. He was on the decline, but he was still good for us for the short period that he played. Dutch. Davids. Edgar Davids. Huh. On the left-hand side. He was brilliant for us. You know, so that short time that we had him really brought a bit of experience and know-how to the side. Uh, yeah. I'm surprised Sorry. he went that far north. Remember when he went? He became a manager. He just refused to go past like the mid. The mid. <laughs> Mark, David's things as well is. Do you normally watch Soccer Aid? No. Uh, yeah, when I can. So, so Soccer Aid for anybody that has never heard of it is where it's a football game for charity, and it was set up by Robbie Williams. So it's a mix of celebrities and former players that get together, and it's England versus the rest of the world, and it's it's normally quite a light-hearted game played in front of a full crowd. But it's normally like a bit of a mess about type of kickabout you'd have over the park, unless your name is Edgar Davids. For him, this was you know this was a Champions League final, World Cup final. He took it so seriously. Yeah. Um, didn't he get sent off or nearly get sent off because he had an altercation with a celebrity on the pitch? It's it unbelievable. Amazing. He um sometimes he plays as defensive midfielder, and and, and through it all, he offers me protection. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, centre back and a left back is what you're missing. Centre back Woodgate. Nope, not Johnny Woodgate. Bit early. Yeah, I just it's going to be one of those weird ones. That didn't it is play a weird one. Much. Yeah, I'm... Just, I'll give you a bit of a clue. He was firstly he was absolutely shocking, um, which probably doesn't narrow it down in this period. Went no. on to play for West Ham after us. No, tell me. And tell me. Cal Callum Davenport. Jeez Louise, that is a sticker book face. Like it's a face his mother could love, bless him. Didn't he get was didn't he get attacked and like have his legs stabbed or something like that? Oh, was that's there, familiar. Like his sister's husband or something like that went crazy and come around and stabbed him yeah, in the leg. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Again. And he ended up at South End or somewhere. It was somewhere Yeah, in, yeah, yeah. Left back's the last one, which is this is somebody that you, you love him. He's in he was in your team a minute ago. My left back. What? He was in your team. He was playing left centre back in your team a minute ago. Who was my? Oh, Benny. Asuicotto. Oh, I love him. Asuicotto. So 2006. 2006. Jeez, Louise. So this team, which is dreadful, was Robinson in goal, a back four of Lee, Wilson, Davenport, Asuicotto, midfield of Lennon, Tinyo, Genus, and Davids, and Keenan Berbatov up front. That's a dreadful side. It's not great, is it? Right. 
I'm going to give you a quiz now. Oh, God. In front of me, I have Premier League 98 Merlin sticker album. Complete, mine. by the way. Of it is. Uh, it's not mine. My neighbour gave it to me. Nick's it. I've got the uh, Spurs squad in front of me. From 98, okay. And I'm going to give, I'm going to ask you a few, I'm going to give you clues and you have to guess who it is. So okay. uh, it's the only goalkeeper who was a sticker. There's, there's, I'm sure there's one here. No, it's the only goalkeeper we had. Was Curtains. It, uh, was that Ian Walker? It was Ian Walker. Uh, I'm going number three. He's 73 kilos. Um, no, he played for Southend, Southend, Tottenham on loan. Then he signed for us permanently. Uh, defender, he's from Brentwood. Southend. Played for Southend. Weirdly, over Not... two seasons, he only played. I oh, know he played a good 30, 37 games. It's, it's not. It's not Justin Edinburgh. It's just too late for him. Isn't Justin it? Edinburgh. Justin what a shout! All right. I've got a Swiss player, another defender. Uh, Reto Ziegler. Ramon Vega, I'm afraid. Oh, Sounded just like Ziegler. Got a player. He, I thought he's from Montserrat, but he played Norwich, 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 Newcastle, Tottenham. Winger. Norwich, Newcastle, Tottenham. Oh. from Ipswich. He was our number seven at the time. Where was he from, did you say? It says he's from Ipswich. I was sure he was, or maybe he managed Montserrat, the volcanic nation of, of Montserrat. No idea on that. Oh, yeah, so he's Montserratian. That is knowledge. Uh, he is Wolf Fox. Oh, always the man with a shirt that was miles too big for miles him. Miles too big. Even here, it's too big for him. Uh, I feel this is a bit harsh because you must have been, what, how old were you when, in 98? Five, four or five. Yeah, so maybe I'll, I'll stop here. Uh, last one. Okay, we've got. He's born in London. Uh, he's Spurs number ten. QPR, Brentford, QPR, Besiktas, QPR, QPR, Newcastle, Tottenham, United. He's a, he's a sir. United? Did you just say? No, he's he's he has been knighted. Oh, he? Sir Les. Sir Les Ferdinand. I did not know that he played for Besiktas. No, I'm alone. Let me read you this team: Walker, Edinburgh. Colin Calderwood, Stevie Carr, Ramon Vega, John Scales, Sol Campbell, David Howells, Rule Fox, Alan Nielsen, Darren Anderton, David Ginler, Jose Dominguez, Les Ferdinand, Chris Armstrong, Stefan Everson. And then the four players who don't get a sticker, Dean Austin, Gary Mabbott, Andy Sinton and Stephen Clements. You know what? You listen to those names there and that's a shocking sight. But there, there's, there's that Spurs ethos about that team you know you, it's terrible but then you mention Anderton, Ginola, Ferdinand, Armstrong all of a sudden there are goals in that side and it's yeah. like that was what you know my early memories of watching Spurs is like late 90s early 2000s and that was what it was it was going to games that you know we'd let three in but we might score three and it, it was unpredictable because we had those players that could produce those bits of absolute yeah. magic for you. Um, yeah. Les Ferdinand is such an underrated centre forward. He really, yeah. he, he was brilliant for us. Um, brilliant when he played for Newcastle. So you think, I think they only played together for one season, but him and Alan Shearer yeah. at Newcastle, you know, that's not a duo that you want to come up against, is it? Not at all. Not at all. Was in there behind as well. 
That's it. Some decent players there. But that was great. Any any more from you? Anything else that you want to bring up or talk no, about? No, um, the only thing is, is the best thing about the football, I suppose, is back, but it I suppose is great. But the best thing is just Arsenal. I mean, this isn't even a rivalry thing. It's just they're in absolute shambles. They've oh. just signed on permanent Suarez, who never played for them. They've given David Luiz a one-year extension. They lost three players to significant injuries in their first two games. They've lost both of them to Brighton and Man City. It's just a shambles. Their, and their team is awful. It's the thing with Arsenal is, and this was the same even in the years they were shocking under Wenger, is they had the attacking players to get them out of games. Yeah. And if you look at them, they've got Bamiang, Lacazette, and Pepe. So they've still got, in my opinion, a front three that can score goals against any side. Lacazette's got seven goals this season, I think. That's She's that's not, nowhere good enough. It's not great, but their problem's going to be is that a Bamiang will go this summer. He'll oh. be gone. Because and if he doesn't, you've got to doubt him. Yeah, yeah, but he he will definitely be good. He's got one year left on his contract. Is he 30, 31? So this is this is the move now for him. Yeah. If he was a 21-year-old, you'd think he might stick around. Yeah, and yeah. Play a few more. He, Aubameyang definitely won't. You'd be able to get him at a cup, cup price. We should try and get him. That's what I was about to say. Let's go we for him. We should, 100% we should go for him. That would be absolutely amazing. He would add something to our front line. Um, he wouldn't have to relocate house or worry about any of that. Like you know, he ain't got the stress of that. Um, but he'll be gone. There'll be and there will be every team in Europe that's playing European football next season will be in for him. Yeah. Without a shadow of doubt, because his goal scoring record speaks for itself. And if you take the, those goals out of that Arsenal team, and this is the thing, they're not going to get a 60, 70 million pounds for him because he's barely got any time left on his contract. They're going to get peanuts for him. They're not even going to be able to go and replace him. And if I was an Arsenal fan, I would be seriously panicking about next season because the run that they're on, they could be, they could be end up, you know, starting next season in trouble. Yeah, so, yeah. Their the, standards are so low. You look at every single one of those players. I don't know who would get in their team. Like they, I think their goalkeeper's all right. I think Leno. Right. I think but he's. Right. meant to be the world class player. He's not Pepe. It's been fairly dreadful. I don't think I don't see it in him. I see a bit of Endombele laziness. I'm very aware of how that could have come across as racist, and I, I don't think that is the case. I don't think it's a a race thing. I just they there's a choice that is made where they could put more effort in. And you know, there's the great Henri player or the great Berbatov player where they choose to reserve energy so they could burst. We don't see that from either of them. See, I think Pepe will will become a really really good player. I think it's just he's 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 young, isn't he? Is he 21, 22? He's a child. Um, so it's a case of what he's got is the ability. It's just getting that consistency. And if he becomes a consistent player with the ability he's got, he'll be a quality player. But yeah. so whether or not he's even going to want to stick around. Yeah. But if I honestly, if I was an Arsenal fan, I would I would be so worried at the moment because they've got a manager that. Has got good ideas, but he's so inexperienced. And in times like this, times of uncertainty, and that's what football's going to be for the next year or so. Mm. You need managers there that know what they're doing and can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you know where you'd think back about star players being that five, ten percent that can win you a game. I think that's going to fall on managers now, where you're not going to see a lot of investment yeah. in the squad. So it's going to have to. They're going to have to be coached in a way that gets results. And you know, if I'm comparing who we've got in charge of us versus them. Yeah, you know, I'd be really worried. Which if is I was, 
Do you know what I'd be doing if I was them? I'd be going hell for leather for Pochettino. He would never go to him. But exactly what you're talking about, you either need someone who's been there and done it or has got the track record to prove that he can build on the youth, build a team. And and Pochettino's got that. He might become the he might become the the biggest move this summer, you know, yeah. where Pochettino yeah. goes. He should never go to um Newcastle. I even that doesn't look like it's happening. But he should go somewhere where they're gonna really value him and give him a chance. I still get the impression that he's not over us yet. Definitely not over us. Like you see him posting stuff. Did you see the picture of him? He's got that barbecue oh, done. Yeah. Just his magic. And it's like, I don't think he's over Spurs yet. And I actually think that a lot of clubs will be looking at him and would be thinking his heart's not, wouldn't, wouldn't be in it yet. Mm. And, you know, if something happened at Spurs and that job become available again, he'd be straight back there. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I think that there is a lot of teams that would err on the side of caution with him just because of the stuff that he keeps saying. He said only a few months ago that he wants to come back and manage Spurs. So how can another yeah. how can another Premier League team sort of go anywhere near him? Because you know that, you know, as soon as Spurs' job becomes available, he's off. Yeah, I think that's quite, which with all due respect, I think that's quite wishful thinking. I think it's, it, he could, let's just take a chance on him in the first three years and suddenly you, you'll grow to love Whoever it is, Chelsea. Oh, God, imagine that. That, that is the worst. <laughs> the worst thing ever done. I'm not even going to think about that. But to be but. fair, if if Pochettino did end up going to Arsenal, going to Chelsea, for me, he's him and Harry Kane are like the last two glimmers of loyalty in football. Do you know what I mean? It's like I still I still try to believe that it exists. But if that, if Poch went somewhere like that, I'd just be like, no, nope, it's done. That's right, it. That's it. I'm done. The Champions League final. Spurs versus Chelsea. Kane, Kane header, beats Lloris, near corner. Chelsea win their second ever Champions League. Lloris, Pochettino's... Lloris, Lloris should have saved it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a fault. Oh, oh but, uh, a pleasure as always, mate, chatting yeah, to you. Thanks, Spurs. thanks for listening, everyone. Remember, whatever happens, future's bright, future's lily white. Come on, you Spurs. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realised until today, just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2. It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe, 
and Perryman. Glory past, glory future, what was, what is, what's next. We are Blancheflower, Ardelis, and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.